welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. When I first started as a young salesperson, I represented commercial photographers. And I had to figure out how to go about this process of representing these these photographers. Now, I was the youngest of some seasoned professionals in the business. And I, I looked up to them. I asked questions. But ultimately, one day, one of the reps just pulled me aside and said, why are you not selling? And I, I said to myself, you know, well, I said a few things to myself, and but then when I talked to him aloud, I gave him a few excuses, and I'm trying to figure out this, and I'm looking for that, and he finally just looked at me and said, just go sell. That's it. Just go sell. And he said, well, that sounds pretty simple. It's much more complex than that, but it's not. It's not that complex. And that's what today's topic is all about, selling and selling your services. Whether you're selling for somebody else, uh, but most of us, we're trying to sell our own services and try to figure this out and figure out what we need to do. And quite often, we get in our own way. We overthink of it. We overthink it. That That's the point, is that we often overthink selling. We're just going out there and communicating the value of what we bring, our product, our service, ourselves as a freelance person or small business person, entrepreneur, whatever it is we bring to the table, our job when it comes to selling is to share our value with other people. If you are searching for success, then you are looking for a combination, a success combination. Imagine you had your success combination down. Well, if you're looking for that combination, then this channel's for you. You have found the right spot. This is what we do each weekend with every video. Add something to the collection of ideas which can help us find our own unique success combination for ourselves and our businesses. We have a number of good ideas to share this week on the show, the Creative Marketing Podcast about sales. And I I have a nice list here that I think can really help you out. But we also have our question and answer coming up, and I have five good questions. And I also have an update, one of the first updates for the year related to my seven sources of income and what has progressed. What have I moved forward on? What, how much better am I doing now, just a few weeks into the new year, than before? Or have I made progress? And that's where we're going. Okay, so if you're interested in developing your own unique success combination, check out the download in the description on the YouTube channel or over at the blog. So sales is an important part of growing our business. It, it is obvious. It, you know, sometimes we feel like, we just can't do it. We feel like it's just not 
right. It, something's wrong if we're trying to go out there and promote ourselves and what we do. And for some people, they have to actually find people to sell for them. And, you know, maybe you just don't connect with people. And there is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with understanding where your strengths are. However, you are probably the best person to share your value with other people. Hiring somebody else is kind of like in social media. We talk about social media and how when you go into a room and you pass out a bunch of business cards and leave, that's not networking in your social sphere or your social space when we're talking about networking. When you go to an event and you just pass out a bunch of cards and leave, that is not networking. It's best if you spend time with a few people sharing good information. And, and that's all it is, is sharing that good information. You are better at doing this than anyone else. So when it comes to social media, I guess my better way of making my point is that when you hire a social media company, or if you hire someone to do social media for you and go to that networking event, they're just going to pass out a bunch of business cards. They really can't go deep about who you are, especially early on. It takes a lot of time and effort and quite often is rather costly for to hire or to train the people to really know who you are, whether it's in social media or sales. The point being, both of those, both of those methods in which you hire somebody else are representing you but the, the fact is, nobody is a better you than you. So there are people who are highly trained and can do a great job, but they are expensive. So what can you do? Well, the biggest thing you can do was the advice of that salesperson. Go sell. Get started. Get out there. Start. Don't wait for everything to be perfect. It will not be perfect. I'm telling you, it won't be. And you will make mistakes and you will learn. With every event, with every interaction, you will learn what resonates with people. What are people actually connecting with? When do their eyes open up and say, oh yeah, they really seem interested in what you're saying. Now, quite honestly, some of the best salespeople are kind of like the best psychologists, the pe people listening to other people's problems is actually just to listen, just listening. Sometimes people go to just pay people just to listen to them because that's what works. They don't really want the advice. They don't want the insight. They just want someone to listen to them. And those quite often tend to be the best psychiatrists or psychologists. I, I guess I don't know the the proper for either one. But nonetheless, you understand my point. It, it Just somebody listening. And you can do a really good job if you just listen, ask good questions, learn how to ask good questions, and listen. And sometimes, quite often, you will find an opportunity to say, oh, well, I have a solution for that. Sometimes you will, sometimes you won't, but I've seen it more than once, and it certainly happened to me, by just asking some key questions about them. And there you go. They start answering questions and just start talking because people love to talk generally about themselves and what they're doing and what's going on. And sometimes it's not them who needs the service, but the conversation leads to the people 
who actually may need your service or your product. So asking the good probing questions. You just get out there. You network. You go to lunch. You invite people to lunch and ask questions. Who do you know? Such a powerful question. Who do you know who could possibly use or has this problem that that my product or service can solve? But just don't you don't say that. You just ask the questions that lead to you to have an opportunity to jump on that op- that situation. Just be out there in circulation. Nobody is going to find you in your office unless you do a few key things, which we'll talk about. But for the most part, you have to be out there. It's amazing how once you get out there, things start to work. Once you get out there and start connecting with people, even just standing in the line in the grocery stores, sometimes you can meet somebody that could be of benefit. You never know. There are a couple main approaches to sales. And there's kind of the spider approach and there's the cheetah approach. Spiders kind of just waiting, waiting for the right prospect, but being ready for the right prospect to come by. And the other is the cheetah method where you're just pounding on doors and you're hunting. And some people love the thrill of the hunt and other people, honestly, are kind of like me. I I prefer the spider method, although I know I have to get out there. And I do. And I do. But, you know, the spider depends on referrals. When it comes to marketing, search engine optimization, when I make sure I am easily found. And, you know, I develop my brand and reputation. Those are three characteristics of a spider salesperson. Just waiting, setting the trap. And it's not really a trap. It's just being prepared for the right person at the right time and ready to go. Waiting for them to come to you somehow. But you have to do some things to get that flow going. And quite often you have to start off by knocking on those doors in the beginning. Be a little bit more of a cheetah. You can be a spider later on, but in the beginning, you got to be the cheetah. You have to bring in a few opportunities to start building that reputation, to build that brand that will lead to more referrals down the road. But some people continue on being that cheetah and that's just fine too. So there is a big mistake that most people make when it comes to sales and my other sales conversations, I most certainly have talked about it and I will share it with you in a few moments. But it's certainly been a big mistake that I've made many, many times. But one of the biggest things you need to do is have and develop your own sales system. And and it's kind of like the combination code. It's kind of like the uh, finding your USC, unique success combination. Maybe it's your unique sales combination. What is that process that you go through? Understanding who you're looking for. Understanding the value of what you bring to the table so you know the type of person that has the problem you're trying to solve. And once you understand those things and have this combination and know how to go through the entire sales process, what to expect, what you're going to do next, and how to, you can continuously evolve that process, that unique sales process, and shorten that time cycle, improve upon it. It's amazing how many ways these, this combination approach, how, how, how many ways it just works in our lives if we just take a moment to think about it and think it through and think through this very simple, simple idea. I I released my 
my combination manifesto last week. I hope you take a look. I hope you found it valuable. Take a, take a look and let me know what you think of it in the comments. And also, let me know if you have trouble with sales. Yes or no? Put it in the comments below. I, I'd like to know. How many of you actually have sales trouble? Just maybe it's a lack of confidence. And if you don't, what, what, what helps you get through it? But first, I want to know. Yes or no? Do you have trouble with sales? One of the biggest things that people do that is wrong and you don't realize you're doing it is that you talk too much about the features, the features of what you do, the features of your service, the features of your product. You need to, if you're going to have a much better time selling if you understand the benefit to the customer. Understand the end game and why. Not, not just that there's a benefit to the customer because we can offer a benefit to a customer that they really do not care about one bit, right? Absolutely. So take a moment and think about why somebody would want that benefit. So take it that step further. Go beyond those features, understand the value and the benefits, but why would you actually want it? And then ask yourself, would you want this? Would you need to bring adjustments? There are a lot of things we can do, but you have to understand why they would actually care and if they would care and what are the triggers maybe that will get them to think about, oh yeah, I never thought of it that way. You're right. This product or service could be a value to me in the near or late future, whatever, but definitely I want to keep connected. And then of course, always ask when you can follow up. Price. Quite often people are hesitant about price. And it's understandable, I am many times as a business person, and so are you. You're hesitant about price, especially for something big. And you decide that you can't afford something because you haven't found the value. But we also make another mistake with price. And that mistake is that we decide who can afford our product and service and who cannot especially when we have higher ticket items. We make judgments. Well, they, they really don't need my product or service. Oh, they, they can't afford my product or service. They probably wouldn't want to pay that much money for what I am offering. You're making that judgment rather than letting them. And a lot of times, I have often found, especially in negotiation, and I'm going to talk about negotiation in a few minutes, that silence is so important. When you share price early on, you start to qualify people early on and get the objections out early. But when you share that price, stay quiet. And there's some other points in which you stay quiet too. It's kind of that old thing, uh, that, that old idea of the first person to talk loses. And in sales, quite often I find that to be the case. If I have to say something again after a key point in the sales process, I've lost. When you offer a key point and they can continue on with the conversation as to why this might be a good idea for them, then I know I've won because I don't mean a one as in I've overcome them, I've dominated. I mean, meaning that they get it. They get it and I, I win because I found the right prospect, somebody who really does need my product or service. So take a moment to think about how you approach price. Are you making judgments for other people? And 
when you develop price, let's talk about negotiations. Uh, and before you get to the negotiation, of course, you have to learn how to close. And that's where this biggest mistake comes into play. Um, because that often begins the negotiation process to get to the final close. Maybe maybe throughout your sales process, you have negotiation. But the biggest, the biggest mistake people make when it comes to sales is they just don't ask for the sale. They set up another meeting. And let me tell you, you can have meeting after meeting after meeting. Look, find out. If, if someone is actually forcing another meeting on you, then ask, who is the final? Do you Are you the person who's making the final decision? And if not, will that person be there? Because honestly, it's a waste of your time if you can't, at least in the second meeting, if not the first, eventually you'll learn that you should have them there the first and ask the question, are you the person who is making the decision? Those are important things. You qualifying people that way, price and who's the decision maker, those are two of the big ones. And then, of course, asking for the sale. But sometimes, sometimes price is an issue and people want to negotiate with you. I say stick to your price. Don't discount your price. Add value or take away. Now, this is what you do. If somebody seems really interested you can add something to that price. So sake of argument, your price is $1,000. It could be $10, $100, we'll say $1,000. And there's like, wow, you know, I, I'm not quite sure. Well, what if I added a little of this to the agreement or added a bonus in some way? Would, would that be satisfying enough for you? Would that encourage you to say yes right now? And you can keep doing that until you get to the point where, okay, it sounds like they are just not interested. They're all about price. Well, if they're all about price, we say, okay, well, I can do this for $900, but I can't offer this part of the service. You take something off the table. So you can add to the value to your $1,000 more services, more products to the $1,000, or you can lower the price, but take away you can take away, and you should always work that way in the negotiation process. Now, they may come back and say, okay, well, $900, but you have to bring back a little bit of that service you took away. Okay, will you say yes right now? Good, done deal. Done that many times, and it's worked very well. Sometimes people have a price point in their head. There may not be any good reason they will not pay $1,000, but they'll, play, they'll pay $899. That fits, that works, whatever the reason. It could be psychology, it could be the budget, it could be a number of things, but you took a little something off the table so they didn't, so you haven't devalued what you were offering to the public. Super, super important. Okay, so I think this is probably the main thing you should take away from this. Get started. Make sure you understand your value and why somebody would want that value. Be sure to ask for the sale. There are many different sales closing techniques and you could look them up online and maybe we'll have a show about that. I, I'm not so, so concerned about that. I mean, sometimes one of my favorites was always, when would you like that delivered? What would you, when would you like the start date? That's a closing technique. That is closing. 
this is great. This is wonderful. When would you, would you like to start the beginning of the month? Would you like me to write a proposal up and have the start date on the 15th? Those are closing techniques. And if they say yes or no, they're back to negotiating again. And that's just fine. Okay, let's, let's talk about the seven sources of income update. I want to share that with you. I, uh, part of this year is showing and sharing, and I want to hear more from you too about growing our businesses. As we know, the combination, unique success combination, we have, it, there is an actual combination. <laughs> it's 7531 in seven sources of income. It's an area that I wanted to share with you as I grow and use these techniques to grow my business. It's important. And it's important for me to be accountable, quite honestly. I'm accountable to a camera and, and a whole community of people who are watching and, and making note and following up and tweeting at me and emailing me, encouraging me and, you know, asking questions. How are you doing it? And that's what I'm here for. This combination community, some call it the combination crew. I've been calling it that for a while now. The combination crew. Are you a part of the combination crew? Understand, look, we just discovered and even started talking about a new combination success, unique sales combination, something we just started talking about today. And there are many more to be discovered too. It's it's not so much that this this the grand idea other than it's something we need to be mindful of. And when we understand the simplicity of this, we're now paying attention to it. And when we're paying attention to it, we can change it. And that's what we want to do. We want our own unique success combination. So the seven sources of income, I, got, I have a new client already in the first of the year. I think it may be a short-term short situation based on the project, but it's increased sales by 4%. And ultimately, I want to go 100%. I want 100% more sales. So I got 96 more percent to go. But this is a start. It's a start. And it's a smaller client. But I also, on the photo side, um, I want to double my, my income. And I already have some very nice assignments that we're bidding on right now. Honestly, for those of you who are in the creative field, and I know there are many of you who listen to these shows, I, I generally lose the bids. It, it's true. And that's because I stick to my per image pricing, my level of pricing where I know I need to be. For the most part, some, some I do win, but for the most part, I lose the bids in which somebody's looking for a photographer. When somebody's looking for a photographer, they're looking for the lowest bid, generally. Somebody who can fill in the space, do the job well, at least have some specific skills. They've checked out the portfolios, but the lowest price will probably get the job done. I win the assignments in which somebody wants me. They want me as a photographer. And there's very little negotiation in price. I might have to negotiate a little. They may come back with a, another option or could we get a package deal? And that's just fine. That happens once in a while. Um, look, I want to just build the relationship. And if they want me as a photographer, then it's, it's a good fit. They understand the value, my style of photography. You only have your skills and your eye and your talents and your combination of talents. There's only one you. And so you have to understand that value. 
And if somebody sees it in you, well, then the chances of you getting those jobs obviously are much greater. So I do have some good photography that's kicking up the year. Remember, I want to double my photography from last year and I'm sharing the percentages. I don't have anything. I mean, I have regular jobs that I've been doing on the photo side, but nothing that would say, oh, we, we kicked it up a notch. It's pretty much my usual clients right now that have been offering regular jobs. So that's pretty good. Some of you have asked and are curious about the affiliate sites that I've been doing. Well, about a month ago, I was making about one penny <laughs> in AdSense um, and a week, you know, maybe, maybe five cents. I, mean, I was getting up to a penny a day, maybe five on average. So it wasn't even wasn't really a full seven cents. Well, we're up to a buck. We're up to a dollar. Well, that hey, that's for a week. That's pretty good. That if you talk about percentages, and it's growing really quickly. You know, we're getting into the fourth month here. These things start kicking in big, big time. These pages should start kicking in big time, six to eight months in. So I'm, I'm very positive about that. I've launched another site and that's not including the, the affiliate. I've been playing with the affiliate side. So I've given you the AdSense side, but I haven't given you the affiliate side. Uh, it looks like that you know, I'm getting a few couple thousand views, page views a month now on these small sites. Um, and the affiliate side is is kicking in, but I've been playing with it. I've, I've added on a couple of new affiliates altogether that haven't produced anything as of yet. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And another one, my Zoom consulting. Remember, I wanted to do Zoom consulting. Well, I have my first consultation call later this week, and it is someone I know who I'm really excited to talk with because she's a wonderful person, and we're going to talk about her getting involved online and in YouTube and, and the whole online experience, and she, she has a lot to bring to the table, so I'm really looking forward to that conversation, but she has hired me professionally, so that's great. That was a good sign of confidence. Somebody who's been in the business and knows of me and um, kick off the year just right. That's perfect. Okay, so question and answer time. This is, I, I, let me tell you, I've been finding this to be one of my favorite parts. And if you have questions, you can go over to roshsillers.com and put comments in the podcast notes, and I'll be happy to add them to my list of questions. I also find these questions on Twitter. I find them on YouTube. Some of them are questions you have given to me. Other questions are sometimes questions I found that I thought were relevant to the day or to the types of questions I had been getting, kind of combining a few questions into a question. So the first one is one I've actually talked to. I, haven't, I don't think I've done a video on it. No, I have not done a video on it, but I've talked about it in many videos. And that is why meditation. How does it work for me? And I think I've explained that a little bit, how it works for me, but... For those of you who don't know, I like meditation at the beginning of the day the best I can. Um, I am not perfect at it, uh, but I have made it part of my day in terms of taking moments throughout the day to do a little bit of meditation, but I love the formal practice and I don't do that daily enough and quite honestly, I need to uh, in first thing in the morning. Quite often I am. I mean, I'm, I'm getting better, kind of like my journaling. I'm doing that a little lot more actually and keeping up with that. But the meditation allows me to just, just clear my mind. Clear my mind in a way that allows me to think better. If, if you had the opportunity to make better decisions on a daily basis, 
and I had a secret for you of what that might be, would you be interested? Well, obviously, I'm talking about meditation. It helps you clear your mind so you don't have so much stuff, kind of like the journaling. It lets you take it out of your mind, put it on in this journal where you can refer back to the list of things you have to do. Same kind of thing with learning how to just clear your mind. Because have you ever been in a situation where you haven't really been thinking much? That's why a lot of times when we're in the shower, for example, all these great ideas come. Because the, the areas have been blocked off. We don't have a lot of stimulation going on. And was, a lot of times we just let a lot of the stuff go once we're in the shower. And all of a sudden, all these ideas come flooding in. It's the same thing with meditation. When you learn how to clear out your mind, when you're, we've gone through and being able to address the issues that just rise up, when you're done and just sit there, maybe for five minutes after the actual meditation time or even two minutes, you may find ideas coming into your head that you just amazing ideas. What do you have to do? Well, you have to have your journal nearby so you can write them down because quite often we forget about them and we don't want that to happen. So that's why meditation, it's quite honestly a good business practice. And that I think is the number one thing for many people for this channel. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of good reasons personally and even for your health reasons. But when we're, we're talking with this crowd, we're talking about growing our unique success combination for our businesses, ourselves and our businesses, because we have to be strong. And, and, and this is a good business tool. What is the first question you should ask before you start your business? We actually, that's a great question, and we actually kind of talked about that a few moments ago when we were talking about sales. And the question is, do you understand the value of what you're going to offer and why somebody would actually want to buy it? Not because you think it's a good idea, not because you invented it maybe, not because it solved your problem. How many other people have that problem, and would they really care? There are, there are plenty of things out there that will solve problems that nobody cares about the problem they have. These are things you need to think about. Those are the questions you should start asking because that's how you can get to the end game of providing that value. Because when you understand the value to other people and will people buy it, you can start asking that question, well, would somebody spend a dollar for that? Would they spend five dollars? Ten? $25, a $1,000, would they spend $1,000 for this solution? And once you get to a reality check on that, now you can go through the logistics of can you get it done for that? So understanding the value of what you offer and why people would actually want to buy it. Those are the questions you got to ask before you even start the business. And some people don't even get to that question until they're halfway through their first year of business or at the end of their first year of business. They've gone through the cycle and realize nobody really cares. <laughs> or, wow, there are more people like this than I thought, and, man, I could have charged more money. So there are a lot of approaches to this. So things to think about. All right. How do I know if I'm taking too high or too much of a risk when starting a business? Such a great question. Um, well, you need to ask yourself, 
what is your risk tolerance? You need to ask, first question I would just outright ask, if somebody asked me that question, when do I know? Say, what happens if you lost it all? Would you be able to go on? If you lost everything, if you lost, let's say you have $10,000 that you're putting into your idea, and let's say you lost the time, and you lost the money, and you got nothing out of it, would you be able to go on? I think that's your risk tolerance. So if the answer is no, what is the level that you can do? And that may mean you have to go part-time or you have to start at a smaller level to be able to manage your risk tolerance for what you need to do. Now, that may mean that it takes longer to achieve a positive cash flow and a successful business. It may take longer. And sometimes taking longer is the worst thing that could happen because other people are going to get into the market. So you need to consider that. So there's so many things to consider like that. But maybe there's plenty of time. Maybe time is not a factor. So, you know, if it takes you two, two years to really get it going, okay, that's fine. And that's true quite often with a lot of creative professionals because, well, you have time. Nobody else is you. Now, if you have a new technique or style that you want to present to the world, but, you know, if it's going to, take you a long time and all people have to do is find it online and copy it and take it at a much more aggressive pace, then maybe there is a problem there. So again, things you need to think of. Okay, next question. Facebook or Twitter ads? You know, I I really don't think it's an either or. It really just depends on which, what you need. So Facebook ads. I found, and I have a video on Facebook ads, what I tell my clients, check that out if you're interested. But what the, the bottom line is that it comes down to, if I want to gather names and interested parties, uh, I want people to sign up, I want their email. I don't want to necessarily direct sell them, I just want the opportunity to sell them down the road because these people are qualifying as interested because they're interested in a free download or free information or a seminar, free webinar, whatever it may be. These people were are people that I could follow up and market to later. Then yeah, that, that that's Facebook is a great place to be, and and Twitter can kind of be that way too. But I look at Twitter is a media stream, and that's usually promotion. So I'm often going to look at that as a branding situation. Although you can do similar kind of stuff, I I wouldn't use it as a direct sale, kind of like Facebook. Yes, you can direct sell on both of them. And yes, people do have opportunities there and, and win in that game. But darn it, I, I don't think most of the time, for most of our skill levels, just look at them as a way to source opportunities. Now, if I have a an announcement, if I have you know, a press release of sorts, a new product launch, then yeah, Twitter. Twitter, it's a media stream, like the People's AP Wire. That's what I've always, I've always referred to it as the People's AP Wire. Associated Press is that's what AP stands for. That's this, the wire represents the old service of how they share news across the country. And Twitter is the people's media stream. And so you can share what you want there. And if you want to boost and really get it out there in front of the right people, then use Twitter. Okay, next question. How long, how long before your business or my business 
will take off when you just get started? And that's an excellent question. And I think really, you know, you're, you're not going to have the traction. You're, you're going to be able to look at one year and say, wow, I have come a long way. And every minute along that way, there have been ups and downs throughout that year. Each year has its seasons. Your business has its seasons. There are times where business is slow and there are times where business is so busy that you don't even know what you're going to do with yourself. And my gosh, you're just begging, begging for those slow times. And then, of course, the slow times come and you're, you start to worry that nobody's ever going to call you or buy from you again. It's just a cycle. But if you can get through that first year, say, OK, I made it with break even, maybe a little bit of a loss or a little bit of a positive cash flow. Good. And I'm heading the right direction. And by year two, you should be making some sort of reasonable income. Three, four, five, you know, just keep it going. Again, it just all depends on if you've borrowed money and you have people on your back. That's why I like to grow my businesses organically. I just don't like having people on my back saying, hey, you know, you need to make these quarters numbers or, you know, we're going to have to, we're not going to give you any more money or we're going to have to pull the money or whatever it may be. You just don't want that pressure. You want to be able to reinvest your hard-earned effort back into your company as it comes. And that's generally the way I look at it. But that's not the case for everyone. Sometimes you have to buy a lot of equipment and to get things going, get things started. But there's always rental options or hiring somebody over a short period of time or leasing or whatever. There's a number of ways you can approach. So big ticket items. And there are more and more ways all the time. Technology has really given us some great, excellent ideas to, to help us out in the beginning you know, months, years of our, our business before we can buy our own location or equipment. So here we are, our unique success combination. We've talked about sales this week. I look forward to speaking with you next week. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. If you have ideas, areas you want me to tackle, I am here for you. You can connect with me on Twitter at Rosh Sillers. You can always uh, follow me here on YouTube. And of course, I really do appreciate those of you who are commenting elsewhere where you listen to the podcast. Those of you who are listening to the podcast, I really do appreciate it. Please give it some stars. Give it some, you know, hellos, highs, and, you know, this this is a great podcast or not, just so the, uh, so the algorithms will know that there's some activity over here and people actually do appreciate this. Because think, talking about sales, talking about sales, I am... You know, I really, I really realized over this weekend what I need to do to grow. What I, I have what I need now. I have my thing, unique success combination. And I've had this, the combination code and the whole thing for ten years almost, darn close. And be, I have to sell this. This is what I have to sell. I have to sell the idea to you and to other people that they need to be mindful and understand their own unique success combination, their own unique marketing combination, sales combination, whatever it may be, these combinations that provide us with the opportunity to be the best person we can be, to create the best business we can. And, And it's a very simple concept. Out of many, 
but we can bring different ideas to the table that we can test and try and share our experiences with to help create and win. And I want to hear about your wins. We do this together. We grow our companies and our businesses together. Whether you're just starting or you've been in business for 10 years, it doesn't matter. We're still, it's a never ending process. If you stop the process, you will eventually fail because other people will overtake you. You will not be up on technology. You will lose interest. You may just outright get bored. Maybe your money will just drain away. It doesn't matter. If you are never if you, if you stop educating yourself and trying to develop your best unique success combination, you know, if you, if you stop, you're not going to win the game. You're, you're, so it's a never-ending process, and we're here to do that together. Every week, I have a couple of videos coming out this week. Looking forward to sharing them with you. Talk to you next Monday.